Do you know that it's okay to be different? Do you know that it's okay to, to act different to the world, to be different, to not um, fall into line with the culture and the way that things are done by everyone else, but it's okay for us to be different. And I, I want to share just very briefly on that because very soon the smell of um, onions and sausages are going to start wafting through here. And I know I've only got a short period of time before you're all zoning out and wanting sausages, so I want to get through this quickly. But I want to talk about that it's okay for us to be different, that we're actually called to be different and we're called to live differently. And I want to base it a lot, uh, uh, about a story found in the book of Numbers, way back in the Old Testament. There's a story about this group of of men who went out and spied out this land called the Promised Land. And I'm sure if you've been in church for any amount of time, you would have heard the story before. There's this amazing area that God promised to give to His people, this Promised Land, that He wanted them to go and He wanted them to live in this land and to be blessed while they were staying in that land. And so Moses leads the people out of Israel, uh, people of Israel out of captivity in Egypt where they'd been there for generations, and miraculously God brings them out of that place with intention for them to dwell in this new place, this land of abundance, this promised land. And so they get to the Jordan River, this boundary between what God has promised them, this blessed land, and, and where they had been walking in the wilderness for so long. And God tells Moses to, to select some men to cross over and to spy out this land before everybody else goes across to go and have a look if this is indeed the promised land that God has called for them. And so 12 guys are selected and they go across and, and they go to spy it out. And two of the men have this great report when they come back and they, they're just so excited about what lies ahead. They said, yes, indeed, this is the promised land. This is amazing. We can do it. We know that if God is for us, who can be against us? It's going to work out. This is exactly what God has in store for us. But 10 of the men, 10 of those 12, they doubted God and they became fearful and they, they said, look, the land is great. It looks fantastic. It's a, it's a land of abundance. There's great stuff there for us, but... There's, there's people who are already inhabiting the land. There, there's these people who are, who, who are, are, are like giants. There, there's all these obstacles in the way. So yes, it looks really good, but there's all these um, obstacles that are going to face us if we go over there. And so we don't think we should go over. We think it's too dangerous. We think it's too difficult. There, there's giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers compared to them. They're just going to squash us. And you know, I don't think it's merely a coincidence that we don't know the names and we don't know much more about these 10 who doubted. We, we, don't, we don't know their names. We don't know who they are. We don't remember them. And I think it's so sad that in this opportunity that they had to step into an incredible provision that was hand orchestrated by God, that they would stop short of, of fully embracing what God had for them, that they would doubt and they would be relegated in history as 10 men who saw the opportunity, who saw the blessing, who saw the abundance, but they never had a chance to fully live it out. They never had the opportunity to live in that land, to experience it for all that God had uh, in store for them. But the truth is that what we face for many of us, we can relate in a way to these 10 guys. That there are things that happen in life that can cause us to, to be fearful. There, there are things that come across our path that can cause us to doubt and, and to, to not step forward with the confidence of what happens. Maybe for some of you kids, you're going into school this year for the first time, and that's a bit scary. Maybe you're starting a new grade, and that can be a bit daunting, and it can be, uh, it can be something that can cause us to be fearful about what happens. 
It can cause us to stop short of really entering in with the confidence knowing that God is with us. And for all of us, maybe there are challenges, maybe there are obstacles that lay ahead for us this year, and we can see the blessing of God on the other side. We can see what, what the abundance is in store, but we, we're doubtful and we're afraid that we have what it takes to cross over and to take that land for ourselves. These 10 spies, they saw the land, they saw the abundance, they saw the opportunity, but they doubted And they didn't take that step of faith and we never hear from them again. We don't know their names, but we do know the names of Caleb and Joshua. We know their names and we know the rest of this incredible story, how God leads them and God protects them and God fights for them and on their side. We know the two spies who came back with a good report and believed that God was with them every step of the way. You see, it's not about that we would put our name up in lights, like that that we would be known as, oh, we're we're Caleb and Joshua, the people know us. But it's about living a life that would matter. That you and I can live a life that is significant, that you and I can live a life that matters, that we would live a life of significance. That what you do for your family, what you do in raising your children, what you do in your business and in your workplace, what you do in your classroom, kids, or what you do in the playground, that you can live a life, that you can set a legacy that would matter for generations to come. And Caleb and Joshua were determined not to take just the normal approach to face the situation that was in front of them, to not be the same as those 10 spies who saw it but doubted that they could do it, but to do something different and to be something different. Because I believe that if you can trust God to do something that seems impossible, you'll be amazed at what God can do in and through your life. If we can just trust, if we can just take God at his word, we can see incredible things that we would never have been able to do on our own strength. But for that to happen, you need to know that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be different. It's okay to to not fit into a mold. It's okay to have a different spirit about you. And so what happens in the story is that these 10 spies, they come back and they start to circulate the story amongst the other people about how this land is so dangerous and how there's no chance of them taking it. And, and doubt starts to creep into the people of Israel and, and fear starts to well up inside of the people. And in that moment, God says, because you don't believe in what I've told you, because you doubt me, because you've listened to man's opinion over my, my opinion, because you don't believe that I will do what I say that I will do, You guys won't see it. You guys won't get the chance to enter in. You've had 10 of your guys to have actually stood on that land and seen it for all it's worth. But because of your doubt, because of your fearfulness, because you're not willing to put your trust in me, you won't see it. You won't get to experience it for yourself. But then we get this verse in Numbers 14. And kids, you've got this verse on your sheets. It says this in Numbers 14, 24. But my servant Caleb... This is a different story. This is a different story. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately. And I'll bring him into the land that he scouted and his children will inherit it. Caleb and Joshua, these two kids, there was something different about these two. There was something different compared to these other 10 spies. And what I want us all to see this morning is that God is still looking for the very same thing that he saw in Caleb and Joshua. 
that there are things that God wants to give to his people, to his church, to us. There are things that he wants to give us. There is blessings. There is abundance. There is provision that God wants to pour out onto his people. And it's not just for us sitting here now. It's a generational thing that their children will inherit what God wants to give them. God just wants to pour so much that it flows generationally down from us. But God is looking for people who have, and it says there, a different spirit. Something that is different. Something that sets them apart. Something that is not the norm. And God would want to say, but my church, ACC, this is a different story. God would want to say, but my servant, Jordan, she has a different spirit about her. My servant, George, he has a different spirit about him. There is something separating us from the rest. See, this different spirit is a spirit that holds fast to the promises of God, no matter what it faces. No matter what obstacles lie on the other side of the river, it still trusts in God. It's a spirit that trusts God through the good times and the bad times. It's a spirit that says, well, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. There's no more questions about it. It's a spirit that sees the obstacle, that sees the barriers, that sees the giants and doesn't ignore them but knows that God is bigger than any obstacle, that he is stronger than any barrier, that he is more powerful than anything that could stand in your way. God is just that big. It's a different spirit because it puts all of the trust and all of the emphasis on God to do it. Ten spies who doubted, they said, it's interesting the wording, it says that they said that we look like grasshoppers in their eyes and in our eyes too. We look like this. We, we see ourselves this way. But Caleb and Joshua said, listen, if God is with us, it doesn't matter what we look like because have you seen God? Have you seen how big he is? Have you seen how powerful he is? And that is the, the, the crux of this different spirit. It's not looking at us and what we can do in our ability, in our experience, in our, um, in our everything that we've got. It's all about God. It's all about looking at God, trusting God, saying, God, if you have said it, I don't know if I've got it in me, but I know that you do. And I know that you can work through me to make these things happen. In our culture today, there are things that are are, are considered normal and ordinary. It's normal to look at a big obstacle and be doubtful and fearful. It is. It's, It's part of our human nature. It's normal. It's normal to question how you can achieve things in your own strength and your own ability. But I want to tell you that normal and ordinary won't attract the blessing and the provision and the abundance of God. It only comes through having a different spirit, a spirit that trusts God wholeheartedly. That is the different spirit. Too many times we want the things of God, but we aren't willing to have a different spirit. We end up like those other 10 spies where we're wanting what God has for us, but we never get to enter into it. But if you're willing to live a life that is different, if you're willing to culture a different spirit inside of you, then not only will you possess it, but your children will inherit it. See, God is just that good. He is just that generous. He is that big hearted that the blessings that he has for you are more than just for you. That he calls you to inherit it, to to enjoy it, to, to live in it, but it's for more than just you. It's for the generations to come after you. See, I don't know about you, but I'm not living for just myself. I've got my two young boys who are following after me, and I've got to live a life that sets up an inheritance for them. We've got this generation of young people coming after us, 
and they will inherit the things that we fight for with a different spirit. It is up to us. We can't leave it to them and say, well, I hope you do a better job than we did. No, it's up to us to fight for things with a different spirit that sets them up for all that God has for them. May God say of us, this is a different story. They have a different spirit. So Jesus is talking one day to his disciples and they're arguing about who can sit at the head of the table and who's going to be more important and who's better than who and all of this kind of stuff. I think it's brilliant that Jesus knows what it's like to have kids arguing about silly things. (laughs) It's my turn. No, it's my turn. No, I had it first. No, I want to sit there. No, he sat there last time. Tell Peter I'm a better fisherman than he is. Jesus knew exactly what it was like working with young kids. I love it. But then in Mark 10, 24, it says this. From verse 42, it says, So Jesus called them together. And, and the picture I get with that is having this, this group, this fraction of people who are just um, going off in different areas, who are having a different focus. And it says Jesus calls them together. It's like a captain or a, or a coach of a team just getting everyone into a huddle, saying, Guys, listen, quiet. Let's get together. Let, let's focus. Let me give you the game plan. And Jesus calls them together, it says. And he says, You know that the rulers in the world lord it over their people. This is what normal is. That officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But verse 43, it says this. But among you, it will be different. But among you, it will be different. See, there's a key component as a follower of Christ, and it's pretty simple. It's different. Being a follower of Christ is different. It's different to the way the world works. It's different to the way the world operates. It's different to the, the spirit that the world has. It's different. We have to have a different spirit. We have to do things differently. We treat people kindly. That's different. We love people that others avoid. That's different. We believe that God can turn all situations for good. That's different. We become the servant. That's different. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's different. We forgive. I mean, you know, that's different. We believe in the hope that Jesus gives. That is different. But among you, it will be different, God says. See, Jesus carries on in Mark 10 after saying that amongst you will be different. He says this, whoever wants to be a leader amongst you must, uh, must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. That's different. That's a different spirit. There is something special that God wants to do in your life. There's something special that he wants to do through you. It doesn't matter if you're hearing this and you're five years old or you're 95 years old. He wants to do something great for you, but we have a conscious decision to make. We have a choice that we have to make. Because watch this, back, uh, going back to Caleb and Joshua and the other 10 spies in Numbers 14, it says that all 12 of them first went across the river into the promised land. They all went across, they all saw it. But God only made an exception for two of them. See, I believe that God wanted to give that promised land to all 12 spies and their family and the people of, of Israel. His intention, his heart was that everyone would go across there, would spy it out, and everybody would be in one accord saying, if, the, if God is for us, who can be against us? Let's take this land. 
God's desire was that every one of them would see that land, would see the abundance, would see the provision and see the blessing. And then not just only see it, but step into it and inherit what God had for them. But God ended up only giving it to two of the ten because those two had a different spirit about them. Which means that God could have abundance for you. He could have provision for you. He can have a great future in store for you and amazing experiences. But if you don't possess a different spirit, you could miss out on it. That's the harsh reality. If, you, if we don't have a different spirit, if there's not something different about us, that we can have something that God promises to give us and we miss out and we stand on the wrong side of the river, missing out on all that God has for us. Which leads me to believe that it's not all up to God. That there's a part that we have to play. There is something that we have to do. God doesn't force you to pray. The next 21 days, I'm not forcing you to pray and fast. He doesn't force you to be generous and to give. He doesn't force you to read your Bible. He doesn't force you to surrender certain areas of your life. God wants abundance for you. He has a land flowing with milk and honey for you. But for you to step into it, you have to have the different spirit. God's got it in store for you, but it's up to us to have a different spirit that would call, that that would speak to God's heart and say, I can give that to him and I can call him across the river because he possesses and she possesses a different spirit, a trust in me that goes beyond what they can see in the natural and knows that I'm with them every step of the way. Kids, it's not up to your mom and dad. It's your choice to follow God. It's not up to Chris and Lee on a Sunday telling you the great stories of the Bible. It's up to you to follow God. Parents, adults, it's not up to your spouse. It's not up to your family. It's not up to the church. It's not up to me. It's a choice that you have to make to follow God. And my prayer is that all of us would want that. My prayer is that we would all possess this different spirit, that there would be something different about us, that we would want to step into all that God has for us and possess all that he has planned for us, to not just see it, but to live in it, and to not just enjoy it for ourselves, but for it to flow on to the next generation and the one after that. But my servant Caleb, this is a different story. He has A different spirit, it says. See, because here's the key. He follows me passionately. He follows me passionately. Can I say, Jesus wants us to get out of the stands and to get onto the field. He wants us to get out of the stands and actually get onto the field. Because this is a different way to live. This is what the different spirit leads, a different way of living Because a lot of people like the stands. They enjoy the stands. It's great. It's like attending a game. And and it's great being in the stands because on the stands you can enjoy the Coke. You can enjoy the hot dog and the meat pies. In the stands you can be comfortable there sitting and and shouting at the referee that he did something wrong. and, And watching the team do their thing while you're just sitting there on the sides. But Jesus isn't looking for fans. He's looking for followers. He's not looking for fans on the sideline in the stands. He's looking for followers who will get onto the field. God said that the thing that was different about Caleb, the cause of his different spirit was that Caleb followed God passionately. He wasn't just a fan. He wasn't a spectator. 
God's not looking for fans. He's looking for followers. He's not looking for fans who would come to church to spectate and to cheer just from the bleachers. Because Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's never intended to be a spectator sport. And what God wants for you and for me is for us to get out of the stands, to stop being just fans on the sideline, and to get into the game, to get out onto the field, to to put on the team colors. So yes, you can wear the cool stuff, but to actually put on a team shirt that actually says, I'm different. There's something different about me because God's got a role for you to play. God's got a position that he's set up just for you to have. Heck, God's even got a shirt for you with your name on it. I told you this would be a good Christmas present. I'd use it in a sermon. Kids, I want you to design your team shirt as well for Team Jesus. I want you to do that in the last couple of minutes. God wants you to be in the field. He wants you to be a part of the team. He wants you to be active in it, not standing on the sideline cheering, but he's got something for you to do. He's got a role for you to play. He's got a team shirt for you to be wearing. Can we follow God passionately where we say, God, I don't just want to be a fan. I don't just want to throw my opinions from the sidelines, but I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be on the field. When you're looking for people to use, God, would you choose me? I'm ready to be a part of the team. See, the truth is, is that when you're saved, the Bible says that we become ambassadors of Christ. It means that you are now a representative of Team Jesus when you're saved, which means you're supposed to be in the game. It's what the next step is. If you are saved, if you're a believer in Christ, it means you're straight away in the team. There is a role for you to play. It doesn't matter how long you've been serving Jesus for, there is something for you to do, for us to get out of the stands and to get onto the field. You're wanted on the field. Do you know that? God wants you to be on the field. It's not a, oh, I guess I should give him something to do and stick him in the defense. No, he wants you to be on the field. He's got something for you to do. You're needed on the field. And so how do you get on the field? Well, it's pretty simple. Matthew 16, 24 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. You know, fans want things their way. Have you ever seen that? If you, I don't know if you've ever been to a game where you've got all the fans there. They just want it their way. I want him to bat first, or I want him to bowl, or I want him to score a goal, and a referee, you're not doing the right, and coach, you're not doing... Fans want things their way. Followers, though, submit themselves to being led. Just like Jesus gathered the disciples and gave them that pre-game talk that we read earlier, God wants to gather his team together and say, hey, listen, I've got a plan for you. I've got a game plan that I want the church to go with. And as a follower, more than a fan, it's for us to deny ourselves, to give up our opinions about how best it should happen and to follow the leading of Christ. If you want to get on the field, there's got to be a whole lot of giving up, giving up the way that you would want to follow and following his direction on how to follow. Instead of trying to do it the normal way, the way that everyone else is, the way that everyone else does it, Jesus says, "I want you to do something different. I want you to do something that is countercultural. 
Can I guide you in what you should do in this situation? Can I show you a better way? Can I lead you through this opportunity? Can I speak through you to show love and grace to somebody? Can I use you in this way or is it all going to be your own way? Are you a fan or a follower? Are you in the stands and happy to watch? Or is God calling you to get involved on the field? doesn't matter how old you are, how experienced you are, what your journey has looked like to this point. There is a place for you on the team and God wants you to be involved. But it takes trust. It takes trust to be on Team Jesus. It takes trust to step out of the stands and onto the field. Caleb and Joshua had to trust. They had to put their trust in God. They had to trust that God was going to be them every step of the way, that God was going to fight their battles with them, that God was never going to leave them or forsake them. But we read the story and they put their trust in God. They denied themselves. They put on the team jersey and they got out of the stands and onto the field. And God did amazing things in and through them. Can it be a different story with us? Can it be a different story with you? Can we have a different spirit about us, something that is different to everyone else? A spirit that is passionately and with everything that we have and in every situation, trusting God and believing that He is going to bring us through it. Believing with a step of faith that God is, if He's called us to it, we don't really know what it looks like, but He is with us. And so we trust in Him that He's going to do the impossible through us. He wants us on the team. He wants us out of the stands and to get involved. 